0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Barons. I'm still shooting videos with Taylor, actually, aka the dude dad at his place in Colorado. Now, last week I told you about Taylor's pet cat, Oz, and how Oz is a bit of a biter. He's bitten me a few more times this week, which has been exciting each time. But this week, the plot thickens. So Taylor and Heidi are off buying a car, and I'm recording this from their kitchen. Oz is currently stalking Charlie the Goldfish. By the way, Charlie, great name for a goldfish, if any of you are trying to pick out names for your uh, carp. Anywho, Oz is following Charlie around his bowl and he's trying to claw at him. You see, Oz doesn't quite understand the concept of glass yet. Uh, He's been doing this for the past 10, 11 minutes, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I should intervene or, Is that interfering with nature? I would love your thoughts on this. You know, do I shoo Oz off the the counter? Cause he will certainly just go back up on the counter once I leave. This appears to be a pattern for Oz. Here's the thing though, Oz isn't gonna go get the fish. He's not gonna just put his paw in there and get Charlie because Oz doesn't like being wet, I was told. But he doesn't mind licking the water from the fishbowl, which he's doing right now. Hmm. Okay, so maybe his devious plan is to drink the entire fishbowl, thereby circumventing the unintended consequence of getting wet in order to eat his goldfish. This is a really sinister plot, Oz. Ow, don't bite me. Jeez Louise. Okay, well, I'll keep you posted on this situation, but I'm telling you this right now. Charlie the Goldfish is definitely looking a little coy. Oh my God, that was so funny. Okay, keep her moving, Charlie. Enough about Taylor's Pets. This week, my guest is rising country star Kylie Morgan. Now you may know her for the song Break Things or Cuss a Little, but she has a new single out tomorrow called Shoulda, which you can pre-save now on Spotify. That's called a plug. We had a great conversation about the music industry, country music and, you know, just how she stays sane when she is on the road. I think you will enjoy it. And if you've been enjoying the Cast in general, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms. That's at Cripescast. And if you rate the podcast and you leave a comment, that would be so awesome. I will send you a bag of venison from my chest freezer. No fooling. Here, I'll read a couple of people who have left a comment. This one is from OMS James 124 Charlie, I can relate to your guess. The first time I ever went to a farm where there was cows, I was standing by the fence and about 50 yards away, a cow spotted me and started to run straight for me. Okay, so this was the conversation with Emily Ford, who is currently through hiking the Ice Age Trail, uh, and she was talking about seeing these cows run toward her. OMS James 124 continues. I, of course, panicked and ran the other direction thinking, oh my gosh, this cow is going to crush the wire fence and attack me. At the fence and just looked at me. LOL, what makes the story more interesting was I walk with two canes because I have a disability, so I wasn't really gonna run that far away. What makes it more embarrassing is that it was my father in law's farm when I was dating his daughter, so he thought it was hilarious. Love your podcast. Keep up the good work. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing. I wonder why those cows stopped. Could it have been electricity? Who knows? All right, we'll see. Next comment from No123. Uh, I started following Charlie because of all his hilarious Packers video. Thank you, No123. He was the entire Midwest in one person. This podcast is like listening to a family talk about what they're up to, but in an entertaining and hilarious way. It is now my life's dream to one day be cool enough to be on his podcast. I recommend this podcast to anybody from the Midwest or anybody who enjoys hilarious and wholesome content. Cripes, thank you so much for that comment. Thanks to all of the rest of you who have left a comment and supported by following the Cripes cast. I can't appreciate it you enough yeah you could charlie you could send them all rhubarb from your freezer well there's just not enough rhubarb in my garden to make you all know how much i love you but i will try Alrighty, enough of that here is my conversation with kylie morgan what are the names of your dogs back there
1: this is Bo, our boxer and come here, hazel come here and hazel we have a little golden doodle who- oh nice I a human oh, reincarnated yeah. <laughs> into a dog's body she is the most human like dog you've ever met in your whole life they are our children so they have um they have us wrapped around their paws we know it
0: (laughs) (laughs) now i did are both of them both of yours did you get them while you were together did one bring a dog
1: hazel um i got hazel right when um right before i met jay Mm -hmm. So technically, uh, technically she is, um, the stepdaughter, (laughs) but, um, he, he trained her, um, from a puppy. And so, um, we've had her and then we got Bo, um, our boxer about six months in. And I'm so glad because Hazel was, I love her, but she was a very bad dog Uh (laughs) and would always like run. Yeah. And we would think it was a game. And so, like, we would be chasing her, like, drunk at 2 a.m. around our neighborhood.
0: <laughs> that's not a fun then, game to play.
1: Yeah. And then finally we got Bo. And and he was trained as, like, from, like, birth pretty much. And so he made her a way better dog. So it actually worked out for the best. Oh, that's
0: good. That's good. Yeah, some dogs, like, I grew up with a bird dog. And as soon as you open the door, just a crack. It would bolt, you know, after I, every bird. It was,
1: like, It was awful. Like she would, she would do it every single time and she would dig out. And so like, we would be like, all right, let's see if she gets out today. Like it was just an (laughs) ongoing thing.
0: Uh, Oh, dig out (laughs) under the fence. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Oh yeah,
1: so we would dig out under the fence. I'm just like, you little butthead. we yeah. have refilled so many holes.
0: <laughs> How's music been? I mean, what is touring obviously not really existent, or have you been able to do some socially shows? You know, it's shows? been
1: um it's been a weird year, but um I you have don't realized, say. Yeah. I don't know if you've known this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um it's been a weird year, but I have actually technically it's been the best year I've ever had musically. Um, I had a song that we released called Break Things um, that ended up going viral um, during quarantine. And so um, it became my biggest song, reaching up to 30 million streams on, um, through all platforms. And so even though I wasn't touring, which is the main, you know, where I get my fans and, you know, where I grow my fan base and all of that. And just honestly, what keeps me sane I wasn't doing that, but I was able to reach all these new people through my music alone. So um, even though we weren't touring this year, it was still a pretty big year, so I was very thankful for that.
0: And Break Things is a great song. What I like about it is it just embraces the imperfections. Uh, Why do you think it really took off in 2020?
1: It was so weird because, I'll be honest, I did this whole um, radio tour for uh, six months before we released Break Things. And what that entails is me pretty much seeing every reporting station in the U S. So like as much like ground as I could cover in six to eight months, I met so many people. I got to travel all over the U S and I'm such a people person. And so I love figuring people out and like, just like spending time and getting to know people. And so it was a dream for me. Like I had an absolute blast. And the whole time I was doing this, I was pushing great things saying, you know, with my label, like we're taking this to radio, which is we more, you know, we're releasing this, we're going to hope and hopefully push this. And so I spent this whole time thinking that. And when we released the song, um, the head of my label called me and said, you know, no one is releasing anything to radio right now because of the pandemic and, and everyone's just scared to do so. And radio's not really playing the artists right now. So we don't really, we don't want to waste pushing you to radio on this. And so all this tour that I did, you know, I feel like was kind of just like down the drain personally. And so I was so upset about it for about three days. i I cried about it. I won't be, I'll be very (laughs) honest. And then, um, something sparked in me and I was like, you know what, this is not where this ends for me. Like as far as this year. And I just prayed really hard about it. And, um, I sent John Marks, which is the head of Spotify Nashville, a text and just said, Hey, like, I just want to let you know, like my label decided not to push this to radio. Like you're kind of my hope for this song this year. Mm -hmm. And um, then it was on Hot Country, which is the biggest playlist on Spotify. And then that led to, um, for some reason, people connecting to it through the pandemic. And um, it got up to number 24 on the all genre viral chart on Spotify um, without being on radio. So it was pretty insane to me.
0: It is insane, but it goes to how quickly the music industry has changed and just sort of democratized in many senses. I mean, you did text you know the guy from spotify to uh to get it a bump or whatever but you're seeing people blowing up on tiktok and all that sort of stuff has your strategy for like succeeding and getting your songs on the charts changed over the years because you've been at this since you were what you started when you were 12 you got some success at 16 is that is that kind of your trajectory
1: yeah it's it is unreal the amount of change that has mm-hmm. been in the music industry in general, but especially this year, it is I mean, people are doing virtual radio tours, people right. are doing virtual like everything. and. And like, for instance, this like um, this is way more normal for me now because I'm so used to it. I feel like if we were to do this, you know, last year, I would have to be like, wait, how does Zoom work? Yeah, and where do I, I know. And, <laughs> <you> know <all laughs> the
0: learning stuff. curve's over for everyone on exactly. Zoom.
1: Exactly. Um, but no, since I did start this at such a young age, um, 12 years old, getting success for the first time at 16, um, moving to Nashville, signing my first big pup deal at 19. Um, It's been over a decade of me seeing how strategy changes in the music industry. And honestly, it's so much fun because there's no one is ever comfortable. Like even the Luke Bryans and Carrie Underwoods of the world are still like being thrown these new strategies, you know, Maren Morris just joined TikTok, like, and it's just—it's crazy that all these people um, that are even to that stature are still having to learn how to stay relevant with their fans, um, me included. And so, it's pretty fun because we're—it's n- just always keeping us on our toes.
0: Yeah, the game has changed so much for comedians too. Whereas, like, you can't go. By the way,
1: you're hilarious. Oh, I thank them. you. Stop. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. <laughs> uh, I
0: appreciate that. I appreciate. That's why I brought it up. I'm looking for uh, praise on my podcast from you. So thank you for <laughs> doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, the comedy game changes in the sense that, like, if you it used to be if you wanted to do sold out tours, you would go to the comedy store, work your way up, get some, get your name on the marquee there, and then, you know, maybe you find an agent or somebody to get you sold out throughout the country. I think it's similar to music, but now comedians are making videos, they're doing TikToks, all that sort of stuff. Because once you have that following, you can easily sell tickets. You don't even need the higher ups. Now, in your sense, do you find yourself spending more time playing the game? To be able to promote your song, or are you still a hundred percent focused on the songwriting and the song, and that'll carry the the day?
1: The timeline has really worked out for me in a way that I got to spend so many years honing my craft and writing my best songs um, before even TikTok came out. Um, mm-hmm. So I really got to build a genuine fan base from doing three shows a day at fourteen years old, um, from mm-hmm. rodeos to you know, God knows. Parades and like all these random things I did growing up and building that genuine real fan base um, person to person and then I got to come to Nashville and really like figure out who I love creating with, what I wanted to say as an artist, um, who I wanted to be as an artist, and what I wanted to illustrate through my music. And so that was always the main focus. And then what's great, once all these other platforms came out, for me to be able to reach people that I would have never been able to reach. For instance, um, I, I just posted this song on TikTok um, called I Only Date Cowboys that I wrote during quarantine with, um, with my boyfriend, Jay, and our buddy, Nate Kenyon and it blew up and it's like up to like 350,000 views and I haven't even released it yet. And I posted, you know, like these other videos relating to that song. And now I see, I'm like, okay, well now with the label and I have talked about it, that's going to be, um, after we release this next song that's going to be the next release because we know people love it mm-hmm. and so it's pretty cool because the music is always the the home base and always number one but what's cool is you get to test out the music before you even release it to see what your fans want to hear from
0: you yeah and a, a lot of artists sort of see TikTok or they see Instagram or they see all these things as like taking them away from what they really want to do but it seems like you're seeing them as sort of an opportunity to find new avenues in is, is that fair to say or is there still a part of you that's like i wish none of these existed
1: i mean 50 50 okay that, yeah i percent yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, of it. like even through quarantine i joined tiktok through quarantine it kept me sane because like i was still able to work and like even by working it literally it's like you do a stupid dance and you get like all these thousands of views but now people know your music because they went mm-hmm. to your page and they see that you're a country music artist and so it's pretty like if you think about it and like it's I'm like, what am I doing? I'm, do, <laughs> I'm in a bathing suit doing this day. What am I doing?
0: Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
1: But then if it directs people to my music and the reason why I'm doing it, then I guess, you know, at the end of the day, I was able to do while I had the time, I was able mm. to do these, you know, trends and things like that just to direct people back to music.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So let's get into your childhood a little bit. Now you have a different childhood than I think a lot of people do. You told your mom that you wanted to, You said you were skipping college and you're going to do this music thing, and and she she was cool with that, right?
1: Yeah, I was definitely the type A kid, um, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. (laughs) So, like, from three years old, I was doing ballet, tap, softball, and gymnastics. And so I was a pretty, like just busy kid in general. And then, um, I realized that gymnastics is where kind of my heart lied. And so, um, I was a gymnast for 10 years and it was a very like gymnastics. Isn't really a hobby. It becomes your life. Um, mm. so I was, I was one of the very few that was still in public school. A lot of people switch to, um, online or homeschool because it is so time consuming. So, um, I would wake up, go to school, immediately get in the car after school eat in the car change and then i was at the gym for three and a half hours i would come home i'd do homework and then i'd go to bed and i'd do it all over again mm-hmm. so um it really taught me the discipline that i feel like i needed for this um at a young age because i realized once i was around 13 i was like am i going to the olympics no
0: <laughs> <laughs> right
1: and so i was like i hmm, not going to the olympics let's pick the next hardest thing and be a successful (laughs) female in country music (laughs) so i got my first guitar um from my papa at 12 years old and i just absolutely fell in love with it and it was an avenue that i always loved because i did theater and things like that you know as like from like 10 to 12 i kind of dabbled in that but once i realized that i could kind of put my feelings out on paper i'd always loved um music in general. And so um, once I started writing music on the guitar, that's when I'll never forget, I walked out of my room after I wrote my first song on guitar. And um, I said, Mom, I am I really want to dive into this. I'm going to skip college. And I want to move to Nashville and be a country music artist. And anyone else, usually as a kid, they'd be like, Okay, yeah, after you're an astronaut and a doctor, right. and you know, all these other things. <laughs> yeah. But with me being so type A and me throwing absolutely everything into what I choose to do, um, she knew that 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 was kind of where I was going. And so she supported me a hundred percent and she was with me at every single show until I was 18 years old.
0: Wow. That's incredible support. Quickly. What kind of guitar did you get? And what was your first song about?
1: I got this little pink Daisy rock guitar. Nice. And yeah, it was definitely the, um, the like the little three quarter size. Yep. Um, but it was, um, I still have that guitar. Um, I even, i I even lost my house in a tornado when I was 17 and that guitar made it. And so, oh, wow! yeah, so I think it's definitely shown, um, too. That was a perfect example of the career that I chose and the dream that I have, no matter what happens, like the dream still remains. And that was kind of even the like nail in the coffin for me as in like this, I have to do this, like, this is, this is made for me and this is my purpose. And so once I got that guitar, um, it, there was no turning back for me. And so that first song that I wrote, it was called dreaming of you
0: and uh, it was it's a bad yeah. boy?
1: It, it was a bad boy, of course. Which and it boy, was can the, you say? The first two lines was like, lying on my bed, staring at the ceiling.
0: <laughs>
1: it was <laughs> like, so bad. <laughs> It was so bad, but it like thank God it uh, it led to me just falling in love with songwriting. And I'll tell you one thing: songwriting for a middle schooler is way cheaper than therapy. So that helped yeah.
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> Which boy was it about? A uh, kid in school?
1: Uh, yeah his his name was Colton Kennedy, and oh. he's still a good friend of mine. Um, I had this group of guys um, that I grew up with that. Uh, I truly were my rider die guys and, um, they were my best buds. And so it's even, we're even all still close now days. Um, and it's funny cause, um, even though, like he, he was the flavor of you know the month of what I was dating, who I was dating in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I'm from a very small town, and so I just continued this cycle of boys that I would date because mm-hmm. there was not really a lot of options for me. <laughs> Go
0: through the roster. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and did you ever sing the song for him?
1: Oh yeah, I know. I sang the song for him, and uh, then it spread around my school really quick. And then that's when everyone was like, wait, you kind of might be good at this. And so, um, I begged my mom for a MySpace music and she thought that all social media was like the devil, you know, she was like, oh, you're going to get kidnapped and killed if you put your name out there. And so, um, finally for Christmas, she, um, she did a little card and made a MySpace music for me and like had the password and the username and all of that. And so that's when I started uploading my songs and that's when I started getting, um, pretty amazing fan base just from Myspace Music at 13 years old. And um, that really led me to graduating to touring and then signing my first record deal at 14 and uh, coming out to Nashville for the first time at 15 to co-write songs, because I just had written songs by myself. And Mm -hmm. so um, it was kind of like definitely an avalanche once it all started, but um, there was just no stopping.
0: So when you get to Nashville at 16 and you're co-writing, like. What does that, how do you get from just it being a dream in Oklahoma and then finding your way to Nashville? What are the steps one has to take or what are the breaks that you have yeah. to make it happen? Well, I
1: realized um, even like in two years, I made a pretty good name for myself in Oklahoma um, mm. for being a 16 year old. You know, I kind of just did everything and anything when it came to shows. And so my name was out there a lot. And I realized that the next step was Nashville. And so um, I met this guy named Russ Davidson, who I owe so much of my career to. And um, he took a chance on this little 16 year old from Newcastle, Oklahoma, and put me with these songwriters that I should not have been in the room with yet. And one of them was a guy named Walker Hayes. Mm -hmm. And I started writing with Walker since I was 15 years old. And um, he became one of my best friends growing up. And what pretty much was like my songwriting music big brother. And um, and so we actually just released a song um, called Cuss a Little that I wrote with Walker when I was 19 and I'm 25 now. And so for it to finally be out in the world after me playing it at shows for so many years and me, um, everyone asking me, when is it going to be out? When is it going to be out? Um, It's pretty fulfilling to know that people finally can have a place to go back to that song. And so that's what's so cool about songs and songwriting is there's no expiration date on songs. Um, That's why like, I continue to work hard and write my best music because even though I have a hundred songs that i could release right now tomorrow i could write one that beats out all of them and maybe i don't release it for another three years but that's the goal as an artist for me is to just release and write timeless music
0: yeah it's interesting in that way i um grew up writing music and recently did an album or whatever but one of the songs on the album had a line in it that i wrote years and years ago and it was almost like you were giving your like your past self was giving your future self advice to a certain degree, you know and i I think that that's a sign of like good lyrics or good whatever that that timelessness that lasts, but you're really uh, you called it therapy when you you know you were in middle school doing it, but that is almost to a sense, what it is. You're just trying to help yourself through things and the universality of that helps other people.
1: It's so true because, for example, um, I'm very excited to say that this is the first time I'm saying this on a podcast, but um, we are releasing a new song on Friday. And the song we wrote during quarantine, and I wrote it with uh, my two producers, Shane McNally and Ben Johnson. And um, the song is called Shoulda. And the whole thing is... I should have locked down, should have laid low. Like, it's comparing quarantine to a relationship as mm-hmm. metaphorically as we could. Mm-hmm. And so the point of the song is you know, you you're out and you're drinking and then you like get a little tipsy, you text your ex and then you're in this cycle again that we all wind up in. And, um, but we compared it to a way of quarantine is the boyfriend and you're like, you know, I should stay home and I should do this, but I really want to go out. (laughs) And so that was the perfect form and, um, and song for me to write during quarantine to keep me sane. And for example, us writing that song, we knew it was, we knew it was special. And so we're like, we can't wait till all this is over, we're going to release this song and hopefully everyone loves it. And then one day we're going to be In a stadium full of people and you guys will be front row and we'll be playing this song. And we'll be like, remember when we did this when we couldn't even high five? (laughs) So it was a pretty therapeutic moment. And I'm I'm so excited because, yes, that that releases um, this Friday. And we're posting the first teaser about it on my Instagram today. So I'm pretty stoked about it.
0: I was just going to ask, yeah, what's the strategy now? So it's coming out Friday and and your goal with this song is probably to get X amount of streams for it to then hit the charts. So how do do you do that?
1: So what's so cool and going back to streaming is you can kind of see like if your fans are liking it before the label spends all this money to push it, you know, to mm. radio. Um, because for me, like I've waited this long to have a song on the radio and like I want to make sure it's the right one. Mm. And so I get to release the song and hopefully it hits a certain amount of metrics and people are loving it. And that'll give me the eddies and my label the ease to be like, okay. People are loving it, let's do it. Let's pull Mm -hmm. the trigger. Um, So yeah, with the strategy on this one, we're gonna post the first teaser today. I'm gonna post um, a couple things on TikTok and um, on my Instagram and just get people's feedback. And um, I do know that even just from playing it at shows and for some reason it was leaked on TikTok already, and um it has gotten amazing metrics already so um i'm feeling pretty good about it and hopefully um, people will love it as much as i think they will and then um that'll be kind of the next step in my career and hopefully set the tone for this year
0: okay when you say it was leaked on TikTok, is that like a leaked and you're winking at me it was uh, uh, no No. you have no idea how it got out there
1: well i um so i was um lucky enough to be chosen as one of the vivo discover artists this year and um, I performed the song um, on on one of the videos that I did for Vivo acoustically. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was released before we released the song. And before that, um, my publishing company put up a bunch of demos on SoundCloud um, for just a songwriter of the week that we were doing um, with my publishing company. And that was one of the demos. And I think just somebody saved it and somebody liked it. And then it was posted on TikTok, and then all these people started continuing to like it and post about it so it was kind of like a oops but like yeah. cool.
0: <laughs> yeah 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 so when you are gonna do a TikTok with this song what what are you thinking how how are you gonna try what video are you gonna do to go along with the song is it gonna be a music so, video or is it gonna be a dance or something so
1: i'm pretty excited because um i was just in new york city for about three weeks um with my boyfriend Um, And we were just staying in this beautiful condo in Tribeca and I was just loving the city. And um, that's when I got the call from my label saying, hey, we want to do a lyric video to this. Um, Obviously, you're in New York City. Do you mind just grabbing a bunch of like BTS on your iPhone of like you in the condo and like you in the city and stuff like that? And so my boyfriend and I just took a day and we just like had a blast and just like went out and like, and stayed in and like, just got a bunch of this, um, a bunch of this footage. And so it was the perfect like way to kind of be like, you know, you get all dressed up just to stay in. And that was kind of mm. what we did last night, for instance. Um, Jay put this big Valentine's t- Day together for me. I got all dressed up, he sent me on a mini petty and then I came home, so you can see in the background yeah. there's like still a bunch of uh, <laughs> a bunch of decorations, but we got all dressed up just to stay in. And so um, I think I have quite a few ideas of ideas uh, for TikToks and things like that, that um, kind of the whole reverse beauty mode of like showing what you look like going out to the bars and then like showing what you look like the next day when you're like hung to the over.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: so I have quite a few ideas, but um, I'm definitely excited with this lyric video coming out and uh, definitely the, uh, the perfect example of getting dressed up just to stay in
0: yeah that's great and so when this comes out then you just push it for a week and then then you kind of know you kind of get a feel for it or what comes after it that? takes
1: um it honestly takes about a month for um it to kind of gain traction get on some playlists see what people mm-hmm. think about it um see if people are relating to it and what's great is i already have um an incredible, solid fan base of people that I owe so much of my career to. And they, um, they are so involved in a way that, um, like when I release things, I I get a pretty good feel immediately, um, of what they're thinking, if they like it, um, what they're wanting from me. And so, um, I'm kind of just hoping that this week, um, once you release it on Friday, the following week will be a big kind of teller for me. And I'm just crossing my fingers that they... They love it just as much as I do.
0: That's awesome. Well, good luck with it. And when you are going back out on the road touring, are you going to go through the Midwest?
1: Yes. Oh, God. I miss touring so much. I was I was so lucky last year, or not last year, I guess, man. Feels like four years ago. Feels so, like yesterday. I don't yeah. know what year it is. I don't know what day <laughs> it is. Um, before the pandemic, I was so lucky enough to be on the road with, um, gosh, Maren Morris, Kit Moore, Dan and Shay, Little Big Town, um, all these people that I have been listening to for a really long time that I have been looking to for, you know, guidance and like, um, inspiration and just fangirling over. And I was able to actually warm up the crowd for them. So, um, it's been an incredible, like before the pandemic, it was such a learning curve for me to get out on the road and, um, learn from all these artists. And so, um, I really feel like uh, I've gotten the chance to kind of get that foundation down again. And mm. I'm just so ready to get back out there. I was lucky enough um, to get a call actually last, so two days ago, last Friday um, from my agent. And she was like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, what should I be doing tonight? Anything? Like I'll do absolutely anything. tonight." <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, uh, well, Kit Moore is playing at the Ryman and he asked you to open up for him. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'll get ready right now. <laughs> <I'll be there laughs> so um, I got the call, and like I immediately just called my manager, and we were like, "Okay, what, what song should we sing? What should I wear?" And thankfully, I just ordered something in the mail that came in that day, and Thanks, I went to the Ryman and got to play a show for the first time in like a year. Oh, so that's it was so cool! At the Ryman too, so it was pretty magical.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. It's it's cool, like when you're so prepared and so ready to go at any time when those opportunities come you can just crush it
1: yeah so that's actually the perfect segue because um the first teaser i'm releasing for shudda is um kind of the bts from the Ryman on friday so um, you'll get to see my experience at the Ryman as well as hear the new song so i'm pretty excited about it
0: that's incredible now when you go uh touring have you toured cities in the midwest a bunch
1: yes so the midwest is where i thrive me being from the midwest Mm -hmm. um It's like, I feel like I relate to people the most. Um, I'm definitely one of those people that can, I'm a chameleon, so anywhere I can adapt to and and I can kind of get the feel for the crowd, but um, I will definitely be in the Midwest as much as possible.
0: This is an interesting conversation because Oklahoma, some people say it's part of the Midwest. Some people say it's the Mountain West. Some people say it's the South. How do you define Oklahoma in terms of the region?
1: I really feel like it's like smack dab in the middle. It's a little South as far as like um but i feel like texas just kind of takes over the south yeah um so i feel like i'm a good uh i'm the perfect candidate for country music because i got a little bit of everything Uh and uh and definitely have that southern charm in me as far as like mama taught me to say yes ma'am no ma'am and no all that um and i'm and i also love the fans from there because um they're just such music fans and there's they're there are a group of people that will stick with you from the beginning and that's why I'm, I'm so lucky to be from Oklahoma and be from that area because um, I've had these people that have been with me since I was a kid and watched me grow and and you know, I get these comments on my Instagram being like, I watched you perform at the Oklahoma State Fair when you were, you know, 15 and I'm still, I've been following you this whole time and that's what it's all about for me is um, continuing to just grow and, and letting my fan base grow with me.
0: Oh, folks, excuse the interruption, but I got to tell you about our title sponsor, the Jolly Good Soda. So, we got a merch code for Jolly Good. It's good through February. When you use Cripes10, oh my gosh, Cripes10, you get 10% off any merch they got at jollygoodsoda.com. Check it out, real quick, one. So, key dogs, and also we got a big announcement for Jolly Good. They are at the Festival Foods, so head on over there and scoop yourself up some Jolly Good Sour Power for your Brandy Old Fashions. And they got new six-pack sizes and select flavors like. The Sour Power, which I just mentioned, but also grape, cherry, cream, and root beer for your root beer floats with vodka. And of course, you can follow Jolly Good on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They got a bunch of funny stuff coming out, so check them out real quick once. And folks, I also got to tell you about Cheese Brothers. Now, if you're trying to connect with your loved ones during COVID, but you can't do it in person, send them the gift of love. Send them cheese for cripe's sake. And Cheese Brothers has 100 years of family experience delivering great cheese from local Wisconsin farmers right to your doorstep. When you use Cripes 10, that's Cripes one you get 10% off your gift of cheese or just gift yourself the cheese. Crying out loud, why not? All right, real good. Back to the interview. <laughs> You do yoga, I know, so is that part of one of the things you do on the road to kind of stay sane and and stay grounded?
1: Yes, so thank God for yoga because – I'm a very undiagnosed ADHD person and Mm -hmm. I, um, I need something to really just calm me down. And, um, that's what I honestly, I really missed when I quit gymnastics. I missed the, um, mind body connection, like the reason for movement. Um, I love working out and I love, you know, going for a run to kind of just check out and things like that. But I was missing that like reason for moving that day. And so when I discovered yoga, I realized that like, once you step on your mat, like that's it, that's your time to go inward. And that's your time to like pretty much build up walls on the four corners of your mat and let everything else stay out there and just be right there right now and be in the present moment. And I'm one of those people that before that, and I continue to struggle with being right here right now. I'm always like, what's next? What are we doing next? Where, you know, where are we going next? And and then I forget that like this is a pretty cool moment where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like yoga has really taught me that. And it's been, um, it's been an eye opener for me. And also a thing about yoga is you can do it anywhere. And so I've been doing yoga in hotel rooms for years now, and it's definitely been uh, another form of therapy for me for sure.
0: Yeah. You could release a whole series on that, the hotel room yogi or something like that Um, oh that is a
1: great idea yeah
0: take it you know I won't even ask for a percentage you know and then
1: (laughs) well you know what that means we'll just have to do um, a zoom yoga session in hotel rooms together
0: (laughs) done done I'll be on tour you'll be on tour and I will be much worse than than you uh, we'll
1: just manifest that we're going to be on tour in general. Okay.
0: That. <laughs> we do need that. We need that positive thought about it.
1: Man, I'm really hoping that, um, that I can come and catch a show one day and vice versa. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, I would love to catch a show. And maybe we'll, you know, when the tour schedules uh, are out, we'll see, uh, where we align on them. Cause that would be, yes, that'd be a ton of fun.
1: That would be so fun.
0: Yeah. 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 Where is it that you find your creativity while you're on tour? Cause I know from touring, Like it's, it can be a drag and it can, and just a a physical or mental drag, you know, going from one hotel room to another city to whatever. And sometimes it's hard to create on tour, but you know, as a creative person, you always want to be creating. So maybe yoga is part of it, but how else do you uh, find your creativity while touring?
1: That's a great question because it took me um, a minute to figure that out. And I realized that even from when I was a kid, um, when I was bored and when I was by myself, that's when I would pick up my guitar and that's mm. what I would create. And so um, I actually wrote some of my favorite songs in hotel rooms during radio tour. Um, I wrote this song that I'm hoping to record and release. Um, you can actually, you can find it on YouTube, but it's called quarter life crisis. Mm-hmm. And um, it was definitely, it was about that. It was like, I'm, this is what I wanted. And this is where I'm at, but like, it feels lonely a lot. And like, I'm coming up on 25 and I'm like in this in between, I'm like, am I a grown up? Am I a kid? Like, should I be married by now? Like, or sh- is this normal? And so I wrote that song pretty much about like traveling and being in hotel rooms and like living the dream, but also it being like very lonely and cold. And, you know, like it's so weird as human beings cause we always want what we can't have. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I find that I, find I, actually create my best work when I'm in my hotel room alone because it just gives me time to just be with my thoughts and sometimes that scares me as a creative because I I tend to kind of bury those because I have a lot of them mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm a cancer so I'm just a very emotional person in general mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, it really has taught me to just get them on paper and it makes me feel a lot better going back to why I started writing songs in middle school. It was a form of therapy for me and it still is even now. I'm 25 and I still go back to that for me.
0: Well, and you said something very interesting was when you were bored in the hotel room. And I feel like there are so many options for us these days to not be bored, uh, that a lot of us choose to never be bored. And creativity is always birthed out of that boredom. And you being, you know, yoga and mindfulness and all that and being in the moment, do you have any advice for people who are, you know, maybe they think that they have a creative thing or something inside them that they just want to express to improve their lives? How do they... find that and train themselves to you know i guess be willing to look inside as opposed to looking for the next thing to scroll through
1: i'm going to say something that i continue to remind myself because Mm -hmm. i'm even bad at this a lot um don't be afraid to number one be by yourself um i'm such a people person and i i need people i miss like the social aspect this whole year has been so hard for me because I am such a social butterfly Mm -hmm. and I love being around people. And sometimes I fill up my schedule so much that I, I look and I haven't been by myself in weeks. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm by myself, that's when I'm alone with my thoughts. So number two is don't be afraid to feel because When you're alone and you know all this stuff starts to come up and and that's why people can't sleep at night myself included because it's the first time our mind our mind is screaming at us because it's the first time that we've been alone with our thoughts Mm -hmm. and so the more time that you give yourself to have a creative outlet to kind of get those out i swear you feel so much better like i anytime i'm going through something when i have a song and i can like get it out and write a song about it. And then when I start to feel sad or feel upset, I can go back to that song. Like it's, it's like creating your own form of, of just something to come back to a shoulder to cry on, you know, someone like to call yourself. And so, like you said earlier, you know, your past self talking to your future self when, when you can create and just not be afraid to be by yourself and not be afraid to go inward. um, It can be a pretty beautiful thing.
0: I agree. And I think sometimes people will feel sad and they'll feel mm. that sadness and then they will do anything to not feel that sadness but i think the thing to remember is like it doesn't last forever that sadness does and if you feel that sadness and experience it and live within it the the highs get higher if you allow the lows to be lower you know and so i don't know i think that's a thing i even say to myself to remind myself about that but whether you're creating or not just feeling it it just opens up your emotional life and overall it's better but yeah i think some people avoid that because they don't want to feel sad and i
1: totally get that i'm one of those people that will just sweep something under the rug forever and just avoid dealing with it and once i kind of realized that all i was doing i'm just putting off the healing you know i'm Mm -hmm. gonna have to deal with it at some point but me covering it up with you know lunches with friends or happy hours with this or like um even performances or like this you know like me continuing to cover it up it's just Continuing to go deeper and deeper, and then it takes a lot more effort to bring it back out. And once you do, it's heightened by a million percent because you've been burying it for so long. Right. And so, you know, I know I'm one of those people. It's hard for me to talk about my feelings and, like, you know, like be all emotional and like things like that because I'm just like, once you once I dive in there, whew, it's hard yeah. for me to get out. <laughs>
0: right. Right.
1: I think we have to do it. It's yeah. one of those things that um you, once you bury it for so long, it's just gonna you're just putting off the healing for sure.
0: Right, and it's just like a computer that's running a bunch of programs. It's so much more efficient if it's not doing that, you know.
1: Yeah, if you never clear it, like it's just gonna crash. Right. <laughs> it's
0: it's like when you open up your phone and you open up a new internet tab and there's like a million other tabs there. It's like oh, okay, I <laughs> that searched that a year ago. Literally, yeah. that
1: is me. <laughs> I like open it up next to my boyfriend. My it's like, will you just close a tab <laughs> once?
0: <laughs> it's not gonna. <laughs> It's not going to kill you. You'll be okay. No, this is (laughs) part of my journey.
1: (laughs) You get me, Charlie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to ask what advice do you have for, we'll say specifically uh, young women coming up in, in country music. What advice do you have for them?
1: Never stop learning. Never stop creating. And just be a sponge. And know that you will never know everything. And the more you act like that, is in like knowing that that will never happen the more humble you are the more people want to see you succeed and for me being a female in country music is hard mm-hmm. it's hard but i also know that like the music will speak for itself it doesn't matter if i have boobs or not mm-hmm. i feel like if i put out good music and i can direct people to something that they can come back to when they're feeling a certain way. I feel like that's going to be the difference and so it's continuing to just hone your craft and continuing to create and taking every opportunity that you can possibly get to become a better version of yourself and never using the excuse of well it's because I'm a girl Mm -hmm. because I feel like personally the music will speak for itself no matter if you're a girl if you're a boy whatever you are whoever you want to be there is a fan base for you and the better you get, the more people you'll reach. And the more you're not afraid to say what's on your mind, the more people will relate to you.
0: And what is the hardest thing about being a woman in country music?
1: I feel like, you know, we look at we look at women. And first of all, I feel like there's such a thing that we're trying to achieve. And it's usually being perfect. Like mm. we, we think that as a female in country music, you know, we can put ourselves on this pedestal to try and be absolutely flawless. And that's what we have to do to succeed in country music. And we have to create the perfect music and look the, and wear the perfect clothes and have the perfect body. And, and that's why I release songs like Great Things is because I don't want to be that. First of all, that's super boring. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it's absolutely impossible. And I realized the more vulnerable music that I put out personally, the more people connect with me because yes, I'm in the public eye. And yes, I want people to look up to me. Yes, I want to be a role model. You know, Yes, I want to do all these things, but I also want to be real with these girls. And I want them to realize that there are so many filters and so many you know, unobtainable things that people are perceiving as normal when it's not. And so that's related to what I just want to put a message out saying, be you. And if people don't like it, you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people. And go find the people that support you. And if you can't, then just continue to support yourself and God will bring them to you. And it's going to be one of those things that it takes a long time. And there's going to be some really deep valleys coming from mm. a girl that's been in those valleys. But um, once you get to the top of that mountain and before that next valley, it's, it, it feels pretty damn good. <laughs>
0: Those are great words. Those are great words. Where do you want people to find you?
1: Please follow me on all social platforms. Um, I try actually to answer every DM on Instagram. I'm hoping that I can continue to do that. Um, I'm on my phone a lot when it comes to me being on my walks and stuff. But um, you can find me at Kylie Morgan Music. Um, I really want to just hear from you. And I want to talk to you. And I want to get your feedback on everything that I put out. So I know what you guys want from me. And so Instagram at Kylie Morgan Music, as well as Facebook, um, Twitter, TikTok, more mm-hmm. music. Yep. You can see me doing these little dances, <laughs> and, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, just to, I, I love engaging with the fans. So um, I'm, if you reach out to me, I'll do my hardest. Definitely reach back out.
0: All right, Kylie, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you.
1: Kylie, thank you so much. Um, and I'm can't wait to see you out on the road. And yeah. let's just absolutely slay this once this is all over. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, real quick before I go, who's in charge of sweeping up the rose petals? Is that you or the boo? Once
1: you you
0: not me. <laughs> <laughs> i love it all right well we'll see how this post valentine's day fight goes uh, i'm rooting for yes, you sounds it? <laughs> good.
1: thank you charlie all right. nice Take to care. meet you
0: nice to meet you too bye-bye. bye-bye all right that's it for this week's episode of the cripes cast don't forget to follow the cripes cast once again that's at cripes cast on instagram facebook and twitter and you can follow kylie morgan on instagram kylie morgan music you can follow her on tiktok kylie morgan music same handle that makes it easy Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to rate the podcast and leave a comment. I love you to Reese's Pieces. All right, everybody keep her moving. And while you're keeping her moving, watch out for deer. key dogs. All right, real good. And tell your folks I says hi. key dogs. Bye-bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin. The badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jew. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot into walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done, no, you gotta keep her moving.